Good day, fair people. Fair people of Monster Baby Podcast Nation. Welcome to the Monster Baby Podcast. This is a curious romp through the worlds of mindfulness and improvisation. My name is Ted Desmaisons. And I am Lisa Rowland. We're your hosts, your co-hosts. And this is uh, this episode is the election results episode. So to, to put that out there, um, today is November 9th. The, the election was decided last night. And we're going to talk a little bit about... we got some things. Our, we got some things to talk about. So we're going to talk a little bit about our reactions to that and specifically the way that we are using the disciplines of mindfulness and improvisation in, in coping and handling process. that or trying yeah. to process it or figuring out kind of how to, how to move with this news. Yeah, depending on when you listen to this, you may be in any of a number of feelings about what happened in this election. Yeah. And uh, we encourage you to find a comfortable seat, settle in, maybe find a loved one, pull up close to a loved one, a furry creature. Put a cat on your lap. Put a cat on your lap. So helpful. Uh, but yeah, we th- we'll work through some stuff and you might hear a little agitas in our voices from time to time or yeah. some comfort, but... Uh, Hopefully, yeah. hopefully this will prove helpful for you. Uh, so we are excited you're listening. We hope you enjoy it. And if, over the course of this, you've got thoughts about about how you have found these things coming into play, how you have f- ways that you have found to, to process this or think about it, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, and I'll say now, too, because Lisa and I do tend to lean one towards one end of the political spectrum, yeah. to say that hope that anybody would feel welcome to listen to this and that really would... Uh, love your input we mentioned that at the end but yeah it's it's meant for everybody um and just acknowledge that it's a great great addition ted okay so uh enjoy folks and so glad you're with us Mm -hmm. see you on the backside. all right well okay here, here we are, Wednesday, Wednesday, November ninth. You'll probably be listening to this a couple days after that. Yeah, but the but the wound is fresh. The at the moment, the shift, the ground is still shaking a bit under the feet as the tectonic plates have shifted. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So. I think that both, I think, Ted, I will say, I think we both are feeling like this is an elephant in the in the conversational room, in a way, and right. so we're going to talk about the, about this. Yeah, we had we had blocked off this time to get together to do a podcast, thinking we might do, who knows, what sorts of topics, something frothy. Yeah, something frothy. <laughs> um, playful. And now we're here, and it feels like it would be... A mistake or somehow not authentic to... It feels like it would be willfully ignoring what is happening. That's right. That is the biggest thing that I can... It would just feel like, yeah, willfully ignoring the, the, the truth and attention and reality if we didn't talk about this. And heck, if we're about anything, it's about paying attention. To reality. To reality. And accepting and it. Yeah. So um, also, the I think one of the reasons we um, decided to talk about this is because... I just came from teaching an improv class and was faced with this very interesting <laughs> question of driving, I was driving down to Stanford to teach an improv class in the theater department and feeling like the last thing that I, not the last thing that I want to do is, is teach, but just not knowing how to teach a class when I have felt just pretty gutted by mm. this, by this decision and this election and the results of this election and and confused and betrayed and embarrassed and uh, I mean a million things and depressed I have felt depressed since Mm. last night and feeling like okay everybody find a partner play on the tree feels like what you know like how do those things get along and so um figuring out really asking the question well why uh, is it appropriate to play at a time like this is it appropriate to teach an improv class at a time like this? How do we handle what's happening and also remain playful? I think is such an interesting, well, has been a really interesting question. For you in that situation too, how do you acknowledge the range, the mystery and the range of the potential responses that are happening in the room too? Because you right. don't know, 
know that most of your students are going to lean a particular direction, but yeah. don't know for sure. Right. And so how do you honor some people's grief and other people's... Exaltation like, or exultance? Exaltation, but yeah, celebration or... Yeah. Satisfaction, satisfaction. joy. Yeah. Um, I think pretty much anybody is aware that, that is surprised. Right. So at minimum, there's a kind of like, what? Right. I heard that 3% of Stanford students are Trump supporters. Okay. I didn't get the sense that any of them are in my class. Right. Right. In the, the tenor of the conversation, everybody was almost, was all pretty, it was pretty bleak as people came into the room. Mm-hmm. And, but, it, but, but one thing that I enjoyed, so I, so I called Ted this morning on my way down to Stanford because I knew that I needed to handle this. I needed to make space to acknowledge what is going, what's happening. Yeah. And, and the strength of the feelings that is going to, that that's going to bring up for people. And you are so good at, at making space for those conversations to Mm -hmm. happen and being really present and acknowledging of difficult feelings and allowing those difficult feelings into the room and not being afraid of them. And so I felt so grateful for your input and mm. it, and it, the conversation that we had ended up being really, really good. And we came to this place where we really naturally segued into wanting to play, wanting to play and right. being ready to play. And the quality of that play after we had this conversation, which was really just a series of paired conversations about, okay, how are you right now? <laughs> how are you today? A couple of conversations about what you're grateful for. Right. Why are you thankful to be at Stanford? What gift do you feel improv has given you? What are you concerned about? And what are you committed to or hopeful about? Right. And then we had a little group share and then we started playing and it felt to me like the quality of that play had this level of saturation that was dialed up. I would think it would. I mean, yeah, it's like when we can acknowledge really what's going on especially when something intense is going on and we're stitched together in that then there's a different container for the, for truth or vulnerability to come yeah. through the performance but i loved i loved that you were willing to to do that with your students mm-hmm. and to say to acknowledge your own fragility or vulnerability in that moment and um, so yeah as we t- we're talking through about what to do you, you know we came up with starting with silence to so just or give them a little context, but start with some silence and then to do some structured paired exercises where each person gets to speak and the other person is just listening. And yeah, starting with gratitude is to recognize whatever's going on, there's still things to be thankful for. You know, it was interesting. One woman in the class said, we talked about the weather. Because it's a beautiful day today. And her partner said, if this were a movie, it would be gray today. Mm. Like if somebody had written the story and had, you know, the stage direction or like setting the scene, it would be cloudy and drizzly and gray. So there's this weird incongruence of we all feel so just so distraught. so distraught yeah. and it's a gorgeous day right it's beautiful and the woman said you know no matter where you are a sunny day makes you happy <laughs> like no matter what's happening a sunny day feels good right and so there's this there there i think there are two things number one it's like well at least we have the weather but number two is like there's things can be going to shit in the big story and we have this moment, and right now, that sun feels good on my face. Yeah, that's interesting that you you phrase it that way. Like, things can be going to shit in the big story. We have this small this miracle mo- of this the moment. sunshine. Yeah. I thought you were going to go the other direction and say, things can be happening here. And in the big picture, like, the sun is still there. Oh. And the earth is rotating around us. I thought you were going to go the other direction. Oh, wow. Yeah, well, I guess you could yeah. go either way. Well, Joanna Macy, who we've talked about before, has done a lot of this kind of ritual work and acknowledging difficult feelings that's where i've learned most of what i've learned yeah it's from her and she talks about starting with gratitude because uh it a humbles us and b recognizes that there are gifts like we talked about with patricia ryan madsen we're always 
dependent on the other things allowing us to be here. And then another colleague, Amina Nolan, who does this process called the matrix process for group facilitation, mm-hmm. starts with establishing a ground of health. Like, okay, where are we doing fine? Where are we healthy? Where, where are we happy and successful yeah. and healthy? And that, that then, in sharing that with each other, we build a, a network of like, okay, we've got this connection. I think of it like a... A net. A net, but like the kind of fireman hold when somebody uses a jump oh, yeah. like, you know, yeah, yeah. parachute net or something. So you establish that, and then you go into, okay, now, where am I concerned? And so you can raise those feelings. And then you did it, from what I understand, with a kind of structure like, I guess you didn't have a talking stone or a stick, but each person was going to get the chance to speak if they needed to and yeah, at the not end, a conversation, not a back and forth, but just to state your truth. Yeah, at the end there was an opportunity to share. How do you feel? Yeah. And, and people shared all sorts of things. Really beautiful things. Right. Really beautiful things. Synthesizing their experience about of hearing these things and how people were weeping last night, mm-hmm. looking at the results, how they went to White Plaza and had a had a vigil, right? They went to White Plaza to they they came together. People spoke. They told stories. The that the feeling after kind of receiving this blow of this news that almost uniformly at Stanford was bad. It was bad news to people. People interpreted it as bad news. There was this like, okay, let's come to get, let's come together. Mm-hmm. We need each other, and that's not a new story. We, we hear that right at the end of at, after disasters and right. people get together like crises that. that people it brings people together. It's it's crazy. What's crazy to me right now is realizing that I'm interpreting the election of this president as a disaster. <laughs> like that's like pretty. Pretty intense. It's pretty intense. Um, yeah. Ugh. So yeah. well, that's uh, hard. But people people had amazing things to say, hope, hopeful things and hopeless things. Like right. they like both of them, and it it felt, you know, one of the so one of the things that I'm interested in talking about here is kind of how how playing comes into this. Like, where does mindfulness help us handle handle this, and where does improvisation help us handle mm-hmm. this this news and and. One of the things that I said is that this is we're not we're not dealing with this so that we can get back to improvising. Like we're not time out. Got to talk about this now. Let's go back to the to, to our craft. Yeah. But rather that this is a part we are doing. This is the work. Yes. This is the work because as improvisers we are trained in paying attention, accept and accepting reality. Right, accepting the offers that that come to us from our partners, yeah. from the world, from our lives, and so this is what this moment needs. We are doing what's needed, and that's a part of this moment. So there, so it's it's like we're not doing our job if we don't handle this. Like we have to, we have to clear this. We have to own right. that this is an offer we have just been given. We've got to give our, ourselves a chance to react to it before in order to, to play with one another. Right, to react authentically and yeah. truthfully. Yeah. Well, these kinds of exercises that we're talking about that you did with your students, I think of as mindfulness in practice with other people. It's interpersonal mindfulness. Mm. So you're saying, I will choose to give you space to be to acknowledge what is going on for you in the present moment. Yeah. How are you feeling right now? And then you do the same for me. And our mutuality, our presence, our caring presence, our compassion allows that to, to come out. You are both mindfully supporting one another's mindfulness. Exactly. Yeah. So it's a kind of a community. Yeah. And that ritual does that. There's something about ritual. I mean, that's why I've always loved contemplative practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, is you can create spaces for telling the truth and that telling the truth in that way leads to a kind of togetherness and a kind of resourcefulness and creativity that isn't possible otherwise because mm-hmm. we, we can get locked in the blame or the frustration or the anger and by setting up the the sharing not as a conversation or a dialogue or a debate you're staying away from oppositional stuff and acknowledging all these different points which can then connect mm-hmm. so I was, I was at a mindful leadership conference this last weekend in DC and this was one of the talks was by a guy named Dan Siegel, who's down at UCLA. Brilliant guy. He was talking about 
integration as a vehicle for health. And the integration involves two steps. It involves clear differentiation and then connection making from that differentiation. Hmm. So you establish where your positions are different mm-hmm. and then bridge across those differences. Right. And the, that process itself generates health. It heals the body, it heals the mind, heals the heart, heals communities. Wow. Uh, it was really wild. But I think in this setting, that ritual is saying, okay, what's true for you? I may be feeling happy right now, or I may be feeling numb, or I may be feeling angry, or I may be feeling sad. Okay, we've each got our place in that. It may be changing, but those are the differences. Yeah. But by sharing them and doing this thing together, we are connecting yeah. and moving ourselves towards health. Yeah. So that's cool. That's a cool thing. I, I found myself last night, as the results were coming in, just... I felt like I was hanging on a ledge and I just kept saying to myself, do your practice, do your practice. Like this dot B exercise. I don't know if we've, I don't remember if we've talked about it on the podcast, but a simple thing of feeling your feet in contact with the ground and noticing your breathing, taking a moment to just be, I was doing that over and over and over. Wow. And I had taught a class yesterday afternoon and the class finished at five and I thought, oh, I'll check to see where it is. And the New York Times election tracker, which was this cruel <laughs> display last night, was at 64% likelihood for Clinton to win. I was like, yeeks. Okay, well, she's is, still ahead. it is what it is. And yeah. she's still ahead. I expect it's going to be tight. And then the next time I looked, it was like 90%. 59%. And then it went to 65 Trump, and then 74%. And then I turned the things off and was just kind of got my dinner or whatever and came back and it had gone up to 95 and I just went, oh my Lord. It's like, this is done. This is happening. This is really happening. And uh, I was short of breath and my heart was going and I was texting with friends and reaching out to people and trying to find comfort or trying to find some humor or, uh, but I literally had to just keep now there's my feet on the in contact with floor. There's my cat's on my lap. I'm petting my cat. I'm petting my. I feel her purring mm-hmm. on my belly. Uh, and I went to bed feeling that same way, and I woke up feeling much the same way. Trying to get some context, but but what I did when I woke up was, I had a lot of thoughts running through my head. All sorts of thoughts about what did this mean? What was the future? Why did this happen? What could I have done differently? You know. What, is it, what has happened to our country and feelings I had from when I was a kid and taking history classes. All of this stuff was swirling around. And again, I turned to a practice of writing things down in my journal. Mm-hmm. Like I just need to take some notes. What am I thinking? What am I feeling? And that was really uh, peace-giving. Yeah. And so it didn't move away. It didn't take the sadness or the anger or the confusion away but it softened it yeah and and created space for it to maneuver like kind of be there right so yeah i I found myself really leaning heavily on mindfulness practice and having the thought this is why we practice is for times like this this is one of the reasons why right so that you get your you get your ship in order you build your ark yeah so when the rains come you've got something you can float yeah you know and you're not just battered around by the winds yeah uh, and and I think too, I think the improv has done that for us as well. Like you said, okay, this happened. This happened. Now what? And I think it's totally appropriate and healthy to take whatever a day or two. I mean, people have different reactions. It's been interesting to see the different reactions on Facebook. Yeah. You know, but people are going to have different approaches or different experiences. But okay, like, what is it? What? Right. And, and our improv skills give us the, the will, the trust that something's going to be there. Something will arise, some response. And maybe it'll be difficult. Maybe we'll fail. Maybe we'll, you know, but it's like, well, it's, it's, a, this it's is already a, happened. We can say yes to it. It's like a real, it's a real test. Absolutely. For those skills. Because, because the stakes 
are so high. And it almost feels like accepting, accepting, kind of practicing acceptance and like, okay, well, what do we do now? Um, doesn't acknowledge or there's this fear that like, no, but I need to keep fighting this because it can't, because this can't be and this is unimaginably bad and, you know, there's some like attachment to that, to like being stuck in the how, how horrendously horrible it is um, and the fear and like how, how fearful it is and, and me being aware that like there are ways in which I am in particular, a particular target as a woman yeah. in terms of women's reproductive health and what's going to happen to access to birth control and what's going to happen with, with choice and what's going to happen. Like, do people feel emboldened to harass women more? Exactly. I mean like what we have legitimized in, in our president, the behavior we have legitimized by electing who we elected. What does that mean for me Right. as a woman? But there are loads of ways in which I am not a target, right? Like, I'm not a person of color and I'm not uh, an immigrant and I am not a person who is, you know, like who's a member of like the deferred action, right? Like a, like a, do you know, folks who like were brought here as children and are not going right. to be deported because right. this you're is not, the only home that they've you're known. Not Muslim. I'm not Muslim. Right. Like, like all of these ways in which I would have more fear or additional reasons to fear. I, what am I trying to say? That like, the desire to stay in this place of like, no, 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 you don't understand how bad this is. This is so, 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 so bad is, is it's tempting for some reason. Like I want to stay, I find myself wanting to stay there and not moving to this place of like, okay, well that happened, you know? Right. But the truth is, uh, yeah. Yeah, It's a a huge test. Yeah. And the practice in improv, I want to, I'm calling it a practice rather than a belief. The practice to, take something that has happened that may have been unpleasant or unwanted in a scene and to say yes to it and make something else of it. Right. That's transformative work in a scene. Yeah. What does it mean to do that now? In some ways it feels a little bit flippant from a position of privilege. That's the thing. That's so you, the you've thing. You've got to be cautious about that. Right. And yeah. it, it, that's, a, yeah, that's it. It, like, it seems flippant or it seems like you're not giving this the, it cannot be that simple. Right. Because real things hang in the balance. And the truth is, like, maybe what we need to do is as simple as that. But it doesn't mean there's not going to be ca- kind of casualties. Right. Right. And I... And that's the... it's, It sounds to me sometimes that, that improv approach of saying, all right, what are the gifts in this difficulty or this challenge? It gets a little bit close to the overuse or the, the misuse for me of the... Everything happens for a reason. Yes, exactly. Me too. And and my grandmother used to say that, and it was a great comfort to my dad. And so my dad sometimes says that. And I have at times found that helpful. But I want to say, you know what? Sometimes things just suck. Yeah. Or shit happens, and it, there's no reason for it. It's just a tragedy. Yeah. You know, the... And that we're human, so our brains will make meaning of it later, maybe. But that's what that is. That's not... The wall fell down, or there was the car hit you, or you got a diagnosis, or somebody left you, or whatever it is. There's no reason for that. It just happens. It happened. yeah, Yeah. And that doesn't change the fact that whatever happens, we can make use of. Yes. And then, as you're saying, in retrospect, then we can say... Not that that's why that happened, but that that, that happened led to some other things that mm-hmm. were, in the end, fruitful or helpful or transformative, you know, that kind of thing. Right. So I'm cautious about applying this improv principle to scenarios where it's like, yeah, our friends who, who are people of color, I mean, there was, uh, I just saw a photo, KKK members walking across a bridge over a highway in Georgia, or... I didn't. I don't remember where it was. Where it was, but somebody had spray painted swastikas with the Trump in you know two shops and like that's that's real. And to still say, okay, whew, gulp. This, from our perspective, is not good. Or is challenging what good can we find in it and go to that and say 
magnetized to that to build the continuing story, right? Again. Yes. Yes. No. I hear you. I. I would. I would say that maybe. Maybe. What is more palatable is what's needed. Great. Because it's like, oh, swastikas on the wall. We just elected a Nazi, <laughs> right? Well, what? Where's the silver lining in it? Or it's we, like we elected a Nazi emboldener. A Nazi emboldener. Like what? I, it, 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 I find myself viscerally respond, reacting mm-hmm. when it's like, well, what's the good in this? It's like, fuck you. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean, I'm not, yeah. I'm not saying fuck you to you, Ted. No, I get it. But like, but the idea of like, well, what's what's needed? Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, yes, this is this is happening. Mm-hmm. What do we do? And that's my big question: is like, okay, what do we do? Like, quickly move. To what do we do? Like sit in, holy shit, this is terrifying and awful and ugly and dark. And what do we do? What's the next step? What's the next step? What What is needed here? And mm-hmm. then what's needed? Go down there and scrub that shit off the wall, right? It's yeah. like, that's what's needed. Right. And and um, symbolically, I think that's what's needed right now is like, not not here, not in my house. Yeah, Joanna calls those, Joanna Macy calls those holding actions. Keep the keep the bulldozers at bay yeah. from the forest. Right. Yeah. yeah. One one of my friends, uh, Rachel, back home, back in Massachusetts, put something up today, which I thought was really beautiful. She said, "You know, if any of you anywhere ever feel unsafe, I want you to know you're welcome in my home. Uh-huh. Come visit me. I will help pay for you to get here. Yeah. And you can stay as long as you need to. Yeah. And if you have friends who are in that situation." They can stay in my They can home. stay. And then she said, and also, if you are somebody who voted for Trump, I want to have a conversation with you. Mm-hmm. Not to try to convince you of anything and not for you to convince me of anything, but just to connect and understand and be human together. Yeah. And if I've got somebody staying with me who feels unsafe, maybe we need to do that outside my house. Otherwise, you can come over and have dinner. You know, wow. I thought, that's cool. Yeah. You know, so it's like... As happened, so, okay, so, you know, going back to 9-11, that tragedy brought people together in a different way. It was like for a few days there, it was everybody, everybody looking was out for each team. other. And we're all on the same team. And I like, guess, but I guess that's what's so troubling about this is that it feels like what this reveals is that I am on a drastically different team than the folks who voted for Trump feels that way it feels that way and i I, you know i guess the thing that i can i can hang on to is like well they thought they were doing the right thing they they think they're doing the right thing they think they're making wise choices for the country i completely disagree with them but they're if i climb into their skin this makes sense in their world so what i realize is that my world feels and looks so different mm. than their world feels and looks to them because how we see moving forward is so drastically different. And it's it's hard to, like, 9-11 is like common enemy. Right. This is not that. This is this for, that, this is that for half of the country. Right. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And it, it's hard to keep this from being divisive. Now, there's, now we're just talking politics. We've, like, kind of moved away from well, improv and mindfulness. But it's just, like, I'm really grap. I'm really, like... Just yeah, this is where I that, feel completely disoriented by this. That skill we talked about a few episodes ago about uh, a meta perspective. It's like yeah. you know to say, where are we on the same team? Yeah, you know, like well, we all live in the same country, so that's one. Well, right. we're all living on the same planet. Yeah, you know, uh, people want to f- have food, shelter. They want to feed their kids. They want love. Uh, they probably like music. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, and and I think that there are values that we we all agree to. Yeah. How they get expressed or that sort of thing. You or know. pursued, how they how they're pursued. Right. And so mindfulness and compassion again ask us to have the discipline of seeking those things out. When we sort of start to get our wheels spinning. To spin, yeah. And there's an other out there that's different from me, that you know, we feel something so we're going against each other is to say how are we similar? Like, yeah. To be disciplined about it, you know. 
to be disciplined about that, to like be disciplined about the not letting those things grab you and just pull you to sweep you away. Take exclusive access to your attention. Take exclusive access to our attention. That's great. That's the only thing you see is how horrendous things are because things are, yes, things are horrendous. I guess that's the thing that this conversation in class was so good about was good for was like, there was room for one person to say, you know, like the last, the last question I asked them was what they, a way that they are hopeful. Mm. And she said, we couldn't think of one. And we, but we're, it's pretty bleak right now because I don't feel very hopeful. Mm-hmm. And so that feels like, yep, there is a truth. Sure. You know, and in another, in another place, somebody else, you know, said that thing about people immediately came together to support one another. And there is hope in what a galvanized population can do mm-hmm. in the face of a major threat. Yeah. Did you ask the question, what can you commit to? I did not. Mm. Yeah, because that might have been a little more accessible. I know. And I wish I had. Yeah. I wish that I had. And I mentioned that when she said, you know, I said, maybe I should have asked this other question. Mm-hmm. I, was, I didn't ask it. Yeah. And uh, so you, so at the end of the class, you did play together. We did play together. And, and so what did you play? We did gibberish translator. Perfect. We did we did a word at a time proverbs. Okay. We did a bunch of games, mm-hmm. playbook, some shared control stuff. We just played. We just played, and the thing that I realized is that again, it wasn't. It, it was like it's the only thing we can do right now. We've come together. We've got to play. Yeah. <laughs> like there's this part of it that felt. Imperative, and the part the part in me that that feels like play is is a sacred way of being together. Yes, because it does activate these these qualities of trust and connection and willingness and and vulnerability. I think there's right. vulnerability in play, yeah. um, and and this was something that that somebody said in the class was. Um, I feel like improv is a really important piece of this because in the ways that we're playing with vulnerability and status and climbing into these different characters and being people who are different than ourselves, we have an opportunity to develop empathy, which Mm -hmm. is exactly what I I feel is missing. Did I say this earlier? I know that. Um, If you did, say it again. Okay, (laughs) great. And that was a really beautiful piece and I feel like there's, that is a, that is this kernel of what I believe is so powerful about play mm-hmm. is that we have an opportunity to, cho- to, to not just use it as an escape or as a fun thing to do to get our mind off it, a distraction. but as a, almost as a, as a, as a tool and a, right. As a tool for processing mm-hmm. as a decision to proactively be in this world, the way that we want to be, yes. that we can sit in this way of that is angry and, and rageful and that sometimes it's good to visit that place, yeah. I think. I think that there is something motivating about that that is, that is maybe very important right now. Right. Um, at least it's important to access that part of like, I'm pissed. Yeah. It, to let it be there before moving on to the, hold on, everything, there could be something good. You know, it's like, right. let me be pissed for a while. Like there, yeah. there is some piece of that that's important. And there's a piece of it that's important that's like, and now I practice collaboration. Right. That I practice coming together and I don't know what your beliefs are on the other side of this word at a time letter yeah. that word that I'm writing, but I but I understand how to play with you, how to meet you, and how to create something with you. Right. So, and that is on the grand scale what we need to be doing. Sure. Play the play is like a honey or something. You know, you rub it over the wound and it eases the scar or it adds some sweetness or just Well it's well it's active. So there's I think yeah. there's so many pieces of it. It's doing something. Yep. Which I think is healing. That I'm doing that's that it's active, kind yes. of mind, body, and soul. It's it's entirely present. So that thing about like I feel my feet on the floor, I'm petting my cat, yeah. like get here. And improv, in the same way that it's been used to kind of help people process, not process trauma, but help people wrestle with, wrestle to. with, or yeah, um, it, it, who have PTSD and stuff like that. That it, because it brings them present. And PTSD is about reliving something that happened in the past and being mm-hmm. uh, triggered by these other things. Where if you get entirely present, there's relief mm-hmm. from that. And so there's something about the relief of presence of like being right here in the moment, paying attention to to what and who is exactly in front of me, mm-hmm. and responding in a positive, generous, generous, generative way. 
that is there is like it's like a salve right yeah. it's like there's something creates it creates more connection I, I think play creates connection with animals and with humans and yes. like the person in the grocery store just a little bit of play back and forth and something lights up and that comes back to the integration thing of like okay we've established we're different we've got differences now but we're this thing has been bridged yeah things. that's another healing force or healing power can come in yeah behind it i'm reminded also of the class i took a part of a group that's been working on this format and i think you were in the i think you were in it when it happened maybe you weren't the Bertolt brecht improvised shows oh i've done it i've yeah. done it i don't think i was in your same class but i've right and so Bertolt brecht german playwright uh who used theater to focus on issues of social unrest and social conflict. Yeah, kind of those who profit from war and what that means and, you know, like all kind of complicated social issues. Yeah, it could be environmental destruction or uh, inequities in, in wealth. But use, use that theater, a structure where the actors could step out of the role that they were playing and comment as themselves on what was happening on stage. Mm -hmm. And then learn from some improvisers from Germany. Okay, let's put let's do this format with improv. And so we're going to create scenes that are directly going at issues of the day, providing some relief every now and then when things get super intense with the kind of absurdist uh, it could be a comedy or like you know we're getting some something really intense going on and like here comes somebody some banana riding on a bicycle and singing a song. Yeah, or like, you know, uh, um the, I think it's important to say that the reason why that is part of the format is it's actually called the alienation effect. Right. And, and Brecht wanted very much, theater was not to him an emotional experience. He did not want the theater goers to get swept up in this emotional story and experience any sort of catharsis or uh, emotional identification with the characters. He wanted very much to make it a thinking experience rather than a feeling yeah. experience. So anytime it felt like we're going to sweep them away in this emotional moment, he wanted to like jar them out of that, out of that trance, right? The right. emotional kind of uh, suspension of disbelief and be like, Hey, here's an actor playing a role. Look at the questions we're asking, right. as opposed to feel the feelings we, we're feeling. Yeah. Because that he's like, I don't, I'm not interested in in soothing you into a right. Yeah, and, and that moment magnifies the intensity of the insight that can come out of, like, of that. What's happening? What yeah. is it that's happening? Or the, or the disturbance, right? Exactly. The, so, the moral disturbance of it. Yeah. And also in that format, then the actors can step out and say, you know, as Ted playing this character who's doing this awful thing. I feel kind of crappy. I don't even like yeah. playing this. I'm on not stage. sure how to do this. Yeah, and and this is really uncomfortable. And I want to sort of check in with my other players to make sure they're okay. But given that that's not really going to happen, I'm just Let's wanting to going. acknowledge that. And then you step back in, and then the scene continues to unfold. Mm -hmm. And so that's another way that I think that improvisation can help us is to say it's not just fun and games. Of, you know, hey, okay, audience, could I get three suggestions for, you know, a food you might have at Thanksgiving? Yeah, right. And now we're going to do something crazy with that. But to say, no, we can turn this lens, this tool, this art to things that matter. Yeah. And then what I loved about that format when I've seen it is that there was then a conversation with the audience afterwards. Yeah. What happened for you? What, what came up? Yeah. I feel like... Boy, it'd be good to do that right now. I feel the same way. I feel the same way. I, I was. I think one of the really important things about that format is that, and that Thomas and Uta, who are Berlin improvisers, the Berlin improvisers who taught us this this kind of genre, this approach, are very clear that this is not about answering any questions. This is about asking questions. This is about raising questions yeah. or shining a light on the on the all of the nuances. And and there's such a strong focus in that format about their characters are there are shades to characters bad characters can have really good That's hearts right. really like our the, the characters that we love can do morally reprehensible things there's no black and white we're not uh, because we want to distance you from the story and be like wait i'm not sure how to feel it's like exactly yeah. <laughs> exactly right that, that that that's so important to keep people kind of awake and asking these questions and a little bit troubled I had I had a little bit of that last night when I watched Trump's I don't know, not acceptance, not even victory speech. It was pretty subdued, 
but he came on at the end of the night after he'd received Clinton's concession phone call. And he was actually quite conciliatory. And he was gracious to Clinton. And he That's said that, what our, my students said today. You know, was he, like, he's never been so gracious. He was, he was very soft. Uh, he was not bombastic at all. He wasn't gloating. And he said, you know, we need to come together. I will, I will be there to serve every American from the low to the high. And I thought... Like, really? Wow. Wait, where was this guy? Yeah. And, and then I also had the thought, okay, this guy's a con man. Like, this is what I know about him. Yeah. So don't get too suckered in. And it was a little bit of that Brecht, like, there are complexities here. And part of what's so baffling and troubling about this character to me is I just don't trust anything. That's like, it. I have no idea well, really like what, he, what he really thinks. What I feel like we've just done is elect a complete wild card. Yeah. Like, n- nobody really has any idea what's hap- what's going to happen. Yeah. So talk about discipline of like, okay, we just got to take it a day at a time. Right. Because we have no way of anticipating what this is going to mean. Yeah, because I, there's no reason that any of us have to believe that what he has said in the past is what he actually believes right. or is what he's actually going to act on. Yeah, I think it's important to notice patterns of behavior and to say, so over time, this is why... I, I feel comfortable saying whatever he is, I think he's a con man. Yeah. Because he's has a track record. He has a track that. record of that. Right. But in any given moment, you know, like, okay, improvise your skills, what's next? Right. You know, and, and how can I respond nimbly and appropriately and 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 hold my intention of being compassionate, kind, curious, connective. Yeah. You know, all those kinds of things. It's so hard. He uh we, I think we can safely say that he would not make for a good improviser at this point. I think that's probably true. Not so much in... The, he doesn't... At least he doesn't follow the mantra of make your partner look good. But could... But can, I bet he can. Could he? Maybe. I bet he can. I bet he's very good at shift... I, like, I think that... So we like, need him to take an improv class. I think he's not... He, currently, he's not doing a very good job of living by the principles of improvisation uh-huh. that I find valuable. Like, uh-huh. when Obama was elected, I was like, that guy would be a great improviser. Hell yeah. But I... But I'm with you. I'm like, I don't even know who this guy is. Yeah. I think I don't like him. But I... But who knows what he actually right. can do. Don't like, know. I have no idea. No idea. It's it's really hard. It's going to be it's going to be a serious test. But I, I love this notion that we've we've come up to in this discussion of improv and mindfulness as practices. Yeah. Know, like life practices that we come to them partly because they feel good, but we come to them because they can help. And in this way it's almost almost a little religious. You know, like, what are religions for? Well, partly to help people cope with the ups and downs of life and have community to have a moral and ethical challenge to our excesses and those sorts of things. Well, I think improv and mindfulness practice do those things. Mm-hmm. And so it's to say, oh, am I, am I trying to stretch this scene for myself? Am I trying to turn this to make me look good? Well, so maybe I can put that a check. And, and I've got teammates who are going to do that for me. Mm-hmm. But that... By going to class, by going to rehearsal, by go, you know, we practice performing, this way of being. we practice it again and again and again. Yeah, what I find, what I and what I have found in the past also is that I have to ask myself to employ those skills in real life. In times, in times of challenge, more than others, or yes, in times of challenge. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll, you know, in, in converse in conversations or whatever. But I mean, when I'm tested, right? When I've had a big failure, I think I mentioned this in the failure episode that we did way back way when, back in the early days um when i've had a big failure and i'm uh, hating myself for it and i have to go wait lisa do the thing yeah that you do do right. the thing you believe this do it great and and this sort of you practice mindfulness you sit every day what you're doing is getting present and and observing your feelings and and noticing where you are do that do that now mm. <laughs> like you, i have to Ask myself. I make that. There's one little step between me and yeah. and that way of being in trying times. Love it. I find. I think that might be a nice place to pause. Great. To, with that invitation. Yeah. Yeah. To listeners, right? Is, is to ask say, yourself to, to employ those. Employ the skills you know how to how to do. Doesn't and, mean uh, don't be angry. Nope. Note the feelings. 
share them, be there. Connect, connect, reach out. Oh my God. And uh, put it into practice. Yeah. Put it into practice. Make a plan. I don't We're, even know what that plan is. Plan schman. But we love you. Yeah. And uh, we love each other. Yeah. <laughs> and and we're just, I still feel like we're being bad. At, I, I still feel like we're in the middle of a little storm and things have not settled yet. It's like no. the snow globe has been shaken up and things have not come to rest. And we'll see where they land. But we are armed with a set of skills. And I've got to trust reality. Yep. Like reality has given this to us. So now it's our job yep. to see what comes next. Armed with some loving arrows. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you. We're reaching out into the virtual audio space to to hold you, hold you all close. Oh. <laughs> That's an auditory hold. Oh, great, great. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, but that reminds me. Yeah. Or suggests to me, I think that it might be nice to end with just a little bit of play. Okay. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. All right, so let's try... A word of the time proverb. Yeah, or a few maybe. A few? Yeah. Okay. Each and every one who seeks the way of true belief will find challenge along it if they cannot continue to walk. This proves that enlightenment only comes to those who fight. Yes, 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 yes. Bring your towel to the beach. Yes, 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 yes. Skipping stones leads. One, two, noticing ripples in the water. Skipping um, uh, records leads one to notice a interference in the auditory field. Skipping uh, beats of um, your heart leads one to notice <laughs> the Love uh, inside one's being. It's like skipping beats in your heart leads one to call the goddamn doctor. <laughs> call the doctor. Maybe it's time for some aspirin. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's good. Yeah. All right. Yeah, just a little yeah, bit of laughter. Yeah. Laughter is good medicine. It is. It is. Play some games. Feel your feelings, people. Feel but your feelings. Accept your feelings. Feel all of them. You go, don't have to be stuck watch, on one. Go watch some Monty Python. Go watch some Broad City. See, see Charlie Chaplin do something. Yeah. Buster Keaton. Go watch The Dictator. Oh, God. Too soon? <laughs> too soon? <laughs> okay. Yes. Too yeah. soon. Yes. All right. Be well, people. Bye-bye. We'll for see listening. you next time. Ciao. is still having trouble <laughs> I don't know that conversation helped uh, she took a look at her Facebook in between the end of the I podcast did. and now I did. She's, back, she's back in trouble again God. oh boy uh, thanks for listening everybody <laughs> Yeah. I just feel like this is one of those things that we're just kind of all in together and we gotta talk about it until there uh, there's a quote that I'm going to get totally wrong, but it goes something like, you have to play, sit in the confusion until they become clear. Play the confusions until they become clear. Mm. Or something like that. I forget what it is Yeah, exactly. I'm confused. I can play that tune. Yeah, but there's something about like, you got, you can't, you, you just got to sit in it until it, until something emerges as like, oh, that's the direction to move in or this is the thing to do. Yeah. Well, I, I, I appreciated where we got to in that conversation, this notion of Improv and mindfulness as practices. That, yeah, they know, rely on your discipline. Rely yeah. on what you've practiced. Yeah, and, so and choose to employ it. Choose to hold on. What does improv say about this? Do yeah. that thing. Right. What does mindfulness say? Yeah.
oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, I can might try be able to try this out. Right. And and acknowledging that there's a certain artfulness, or you know, okay, let's acknowledge what's my privilege in this. Is this can I can I play this? Can I use this angle? And somebody else might not have the luxury of doing so. I think that's an important question to ask. Absolutely, um, absolutely. It's, it's I think it's a vital part of it. Yeah, it's like glad we got to that. Where what is my perspective on this? How is somebody else's perspective different? Where where are we the same? Yeah. Right, not wanting to presume anything. Right, I am I am recommitted to reaching out and finding connection. Yeah. I mean, this is something I I try to do in general. But like now, it's like okay, reach out, find connection across difference. Yeah, that's where the healing is. That's where the integration can happen. Yeah, F- seek the difference. Seek the difference. Reach out, and so you know, we don't. I assume that most of the people who listen to this podcast, most of you all, uh, lean in a certain direction. I think they haven't. They're not still listening if they don't. Let's put it that way. Well, maybe that's true. To but, this episode, right? They, they're like okay. Lisa and Ted, they're from California. We know about California. Mm -hmm. Ted grew up in Massachusetts. We know about Massachusetts. And if you are, uh, I have a family member who's voted for Trump. Me too. And you're still listening? Thank you. For listening. Yeah. Yeah. And and I would be delighted to hear from you what your thoughts were. And, and, you know, if there's anything that stood out to you as particularly interesting or particularly... Egregious. Egregious. Yeah. Uh, Let us know. Because... always ready to learn that's true that is true i want to stay committed to that yeah so uh again if you do want to reach us info at monsterbabypodcast.com yep check out the monster baby live retreat page which is up uh if you go to monsterbabypodcast.com you will also see a link to that page retreat page it's june 9 through 14 in beautiful coastal maine Mm -hmm. so we hope you'll join us and with that, we bid a farewell, a fond adieu, a fond adieu, an adios, a ciao ciao. Mm-hmm. All those things. A goodbye. Take care, America. Take care. Good luck and good night. <laughs> <laughs>